The Pittsburgh Steelers brought in Broderick Jones, offensive tackle of Georgia, which if you've been listening to the Locked On Steelers podcast, you know myself, Chris Carter. I think that's a great thing for them. We'll talk about that and answer some of your questions here on the Locked On Steelers podcast about ideal situations and nightmare situations for the Steelers' first-round pick. We're joined today by Wes Euler of Steelers Nation Radio. It's going to be a fun episode. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey everyone, welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose on all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find the show on your favorite podcasting app and especially on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday to Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making the Locked On Steelers podcast your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And as I said before, we're joined by the man Wes Euler of Steeler Nation Radio himself as well as all his West Virginia podcasts. He's a big mountaineer man. How you doing, Wes? Just delightful, CC. The weather's changing. We finally got the draft on the horizon, so something real and tangible for us to talk about is uh, reckless speculation season comes to an end here. I'm, uh, I'm fired up. I'm ready to go, and I'm uh, excited to catch up with you as always. Uh, same here. Always great to have you on the show uh, and, and talk some Steelers, but let's talk about uh, something. This is going to kind of be, be our, our jump off point to get into a bigger conversation about the first round. But Broderick Jones was brought in for a top 30 visit with the Steelers, as was uh, Brian Brzee of, of Clemson. Um, Broderick Jones, if you listen to the show, you know me. I've been saying he's my top tackle that fits the Steelers. You plug him in at le- like you draft him, you plug him in at left tackle, let him go up against Dan Moore Jr. For, uh, for, for the summer, I think that he could win that job and he could be one of your pillar players for the next decade. Uh, he's only 21 years old. He's, uh, he's 6'5", 3'11", tests very well. Um, you know, just leaves he, to me, he is the perfect fit for the Steelers. But the question is, how, you know, will he fall that far? We had a question from Quentin Jackson of Toledo, Ohio, who was talking about the first round, asking, what is who is going to fall down to 17? Here's Quentin before we continue on. Hey, Chris, this is Quentin Jackson from Toledo, Ohio. Just started listening to this show at the beginning of last season, and I love it. My question is, uh, seems like the last two seasons, Steelers picked the player in position that everyone kind of predicted, and they both just kind of fell in our laps. Najee Harris, we needed a running back, and then, of course, last year with Kenny Pickett. I'm curious uh, if you think there's, who would be that player in the draft slash position where they would fall to us and everyone would be like, well, of course they're about to pick them. Thanks. So thank, thank you, Quentin, for your question. Appreciate everyone who calls in. You can call in at 412-223-6644. We'll leave your name, where you're from, and keep your message under a minute, and we'll try to get you on the show. But, Wes, uh, you know, there's been guys like that who have been like, wow, of course he fell to the Steelers. You know, I think the Steelers could be in a situation where one of these tackles do fall to them. Uh, the more we talk about it, Broderick Jones has been mm-hmm. kind of slipping down people's projections and kind of being there, been been there for uh, you know for the Steelers to be available in more and more mock drafts of late. Um, but there's also these corners. Joey Porter Jr. is another guy that keeps falling down the board a little bit. Deontay Banks, who we'll talk about later in the show, as uh, you know, on at least on Pro Football Focus, has supplanted him as the third ranked cornerback. Uh, I still have Joey Porter as my third ranked quarterback of this draft class. But but Wes, is, is there a is there a person that you have your eye on specifically as the player who will drop to 17 and you think they sprint to the podium on? 
Yeah, so listen, a lot of those names that you just mentioned I certainly think are in the running. Um, so to me, it becomes realistically who's there at 17, right? Because yeah. I think Joey Porter Jr. could be one of those guys. I don't I don't know if I buy the slide as, as much for him because I think uh, I think Gonzalez and Witherspoon are both going to be gone relatively early, and then he's just so going to be he's going to be sitting there for a few picks, and somebody is 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 going to take him. Um, so if I'm going within the, the the realm of realistic possibilities here, Chris, um, I think it, it feels like. I mean, listen, Paris Johnson Jr. again, I think, would be in this conversation, but I, I don't see that as realistic at 17. I think Broderick Jones or Darnell Wright. If mm. one of those two guys is there at 17, I think that could be one of those easy-type decisions for them. This might surprise some people. I think if they have their choice of wide receiver, if by some chance uh, Zay Flowers and JSN and all these guys are still there, I think that they could consider even wide receiver at 17. Jordan Addison may be in the conversation as well, too. Um, but again, if you're asking me to go realistic, I think the Steelers would like some trenches options at 17 because it feels yeah. like the top corners are going to be gone by then. And maybe even, like, I feel like some of the, could they take Nolan Smith or Lucas Van Ness? Some of that has started to pick up at 17. Could they surprise right. everybody and go edge rusher at 17? I, I don't even know if, if those guys are both going to be there because we know the premium on pass rushers in the NFL as well, too, even with some of the talent ahead of them. So, Again, best case scenario, and I'm trying to do this as realistic as possible. I think they have a couple options on the offensive line, like maybe Broderick Jones and Darnell Wright are still there, and then some defensive line options as well too. Brian Brisset, as you mentioned, uh, I think being one of those. And then they could sit there and they could go, okay, here's what we got on our big board versus the priority that we have these positions ranked, and they could really pick from, from two or three guys in the trenches. I think that's, again... I'm trying to be realistic here. I'm not going to say Jalen Carter falls to 17 right in their laps because I right. just don't think that that's going to happen. Right. Um, realistically, I think two or three of those big guys, maybe two offensive linemen, one or two defensive linemen, and then again, they can do the, the big board and the need things and they can come to a decision and, and, and go take a, a big boy uh, in the trenches. No, I'm right with you. I, I think the trenches are are certainly the, the the answer that they're probably looking for there i mean andy weidels they seem to uh, they seem to prioritize it in in free agency you know i think they want to get i mean mike tomlin talked about it at the owners meeting they want to be able to run the football they think that's the future of the nfl right now as far as teams trending more towards yeah. uh actually running running the football and, and being able to do it consistently and if you can get an offensive tackle that helps you get there um, you know, I think yeah, that that's that's certainly a, a thing there. I think also, as I said before, I wouldn't rule out center in the second round with John Michael Schmitz. But if we're focusing on that first round pick, I think you also make a really uh, a really good point about the receiver position. If that's the position that falls through, that that they, feels I, like it I could be right. Like it it could be. I mean, th this isn't the year where there's five receivers who we're talking about. You know, could go you know top twelve or top fifteen. Right. Right. You know, this is a this is a different kind of year. So, you know, a lot of times also picks are often are sometimes dictated by which positions get, you know, get, get, you know, are, get run through when you're talking about pick after pick. Sure. Uh, we did a we, we did the locked on mock draft um, recently. And in that in that one, uh, offensive tackles made it all the way to 12 before they mm -hmm. were picked. And I thought about trading up and then three straight picks. They were gone. And boom, so. Boom. That's just that you know that that that, that could happen. That, that could work. happen in the mid teens there with wide receivers easily. 
Exactly. Yeah. Like that could you could get to pick yeah. 14 and 15 and they could all still be there. And then you could get to pick 19 and 20 and you could have, you know, three or four that went off the board in the last six or seven picks. Yeah, exactly. And and, that, and I think that's the situation the Steelers could run into. Um, I, I also think the Steelers, if, if they do run into a situation where I think either they'll get that one of those top receivers or if they if they start to go, you hope that maybe two go before you pick. Then you're talking about two receivers, at least four quarterbacks you know, Jalen Carter, a couple edge rushers, it's making it more and more likely that one of those top three at offensive tackle or, or, or corner could fall mm-hmm. down to them. And that's, again, why I think Broderick Jones could be uh, the guy that does fall down to them in the in the first round. We're going to talk more about this first round possibilities in a sec here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. But before we do anything else, I want to talk to you guys about FanDuel. Of course, FanDuel is the number one sports book in America right now. FanDuel Sportsbook gives you all the chances to bet on all of baseball. They got grand slams, no hitters, double plays. Everything's back in Major League Baseball. And right now, if you're if you're not a customer yet to FanDuel Sportsbook, here's your chance to be a new customer and take advantage of their no-sweat first bet that gives you up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. Just go to FanDuel.com slash on to sign up. You place your first bet, and then you get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. You can bet on anything from Aaron Judge's home runs, uh, Shohei Tani's strikeouts, or his home runs because he likes to do the, those both at the same time. Either way, there's so much to bet on in baseball, and you can do it all at FanDuel Sportsbook. Don't miss your chance at the no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. When you join FanDuel today, just go to FanDuel.com slash on to sign up. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Wes Euler of Steeler Nation Radio. Wes, let's talk about, you know, we talked about things being favorable for the Steelers, you know, how it could roll their way. And there, I think there's chances that can roll their way. But good teams and great teams, great organizations, they, they, they hope for the best, but they prepare for the worst. <laughs> and so there was a question about what would be the worst. Here's AJ from Pittsburgh asking about what would be that worst situation. Hey, Chris, this is AJ calling from Pittsburgh. Um, so I had a, a, an interesting question for you. I thought maybe you would have some, some interesting takes on it. Um, obviously, the Steelers are looking at these top prospects um, in the draft, specifically 17 and 32. Um, and just like the draft works, every other team is also looking at those same, pro- those same prospects. You know, um, I, I've heard of a lot of other commentators on other teams talking about the same guys that we're talking about. So I'm wondering, what's your nightmare scenario for the Pittsburgh Steelers draft day, specifically 17 and 32? You know, what's the the worst thing that could possibly happen? And, you know, could the Steelers bounce back if the chips fall that way? You know what I mean? So uh, let me know. Thank you very much. Love the show. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for your question, AJ. appreciate everyone. Again, call in 412-223-6644 to get your question on the show with your name, where you're from, and uh, what's keeping your question under a minute now. Let's, let's talk about that a little bit. What would be the the, the 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 nightmare situation? Now, on my big board, which I will reveal at some point because I've basically constructed it. There you uh, go. I'll, I'll reveal it soon so that you guys can have it for draft day if you'd I like. I hope it's an actual big board, like you pull it out from the curtain behind you and... 
Oh, see, yeah, you, know, you make like, you make you make me like, work on props. It's like on stuff. it's like on an easel, you know, and you flip oh, no. the page, you flip the oh, page no. over, like you're giving a presentation. Sir, we're work, we're working with Google Sheets over here. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but in all seriousness, um, in my big board, there are enough players that are I think are are worth 17th overall. That if the Steelers were to pick and stay at their pick at 17, that they would get a guy who'd be worth it. Let's go over. Players who I think will definitely be gone by the time that they pick, um, and and also aren't realistic to even talk about the Steelers in this situation. Anyways, I know that Peter King is saying trade up for Jalen Carter at nine. I don't think Jalen Carter gets to nine. Um, but uh, but let, let let's talk about this. So Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Rich- Richardson, Will Levis, four quarterbacks off the board. So that's four out of sixteen spots that you need to account for. Then you can look at some of the top defensive guys. Jalen Carter, Will Anderson Jr., Tyree Wilson, all defensive front guys, they're gone. That's seven players that you're talking about now. Now let's go over the top corner, the two top cornerbacks who I think would definitely got Devin Witherspoon and Christian Gonzalez. That's nine. Then let's add in all three of the top offensive tackles. Let's just get them off the board because that would be, you know, there's no nightmare situation where they get one of those three guys. So Broderick Jones, Peter Skaronsky, Paris Johnson Jr. And we'll also throw in Joey Porter Jr. as far as the uh you know you know the top three corners off the board I'll also remove lucas van ness because i think he's another top defensive person that they would not mind taking in the first round um so then you're left with that is 15 players i just named right there hmm. then you're left with jackson smith and jigba quentin johnson miles murphy who could also go top 10 yep. kalijah Kansi, who who's also been mocked in the top 10 a few times brian branch nolan smith darnell wright jordan addison um, and Brian Brise, all those guys who I think could be worthy of that 17th overall pick and not be an overdraft of those positions. But all these guys also could go in those guys' places. Right, right. If if you're looking at that situation, I find it hard to actually have a nightmare scenario unless the Steelers – I mean, because the, the nightmare scenario we won't often know until, you know, if the Steelers miss with the pick, right? Like everyone thought, you know, Jarvis Jones was a great pick when he first got picked and then it – turned out he was a nightmare pick it didn't work out but as far as <laughs> fits and 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 what what the Steelers could actually use right now I, I truly think that all these guys that are that, that that either would still be available on my big board here if even if one of them were interchanged with someone someone like one of the guys that I have going ahead of the Steelers is pick at 17 I, I just I find it hard to be there an actual scenario where they can't get someone of really good value and again they can trade back if they want but to me this is a this is a win-win scenario right now yeah I I I don't mean to give like the the politician the sit on the fence answer for for AJ here but it's hard to disagree with you Chris because again this like the the 10th best prospect to the 30th best prospect in this draft it doesn't feel like there's some astronomical gap. You know what I mean? Like, the middle class of this draft is very strong, is very deep, and I don't think there's going to be a ton to separate them. Um, And so with that in mind, it is hard to come up with a nightmare scenario where there's nothing for the Steelers at 17, but I'll try, okay? uh, I'll try. Let's do it. Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are the only two quarterbacks that are off the board. Uh, the Will Levis love, mm. the the Anthony Richardson love. It they was don't it was smoke and mirrors. It, Will Will yeah. Levis ends up going around pick twenty, maybe like Kenny Pickett last year. You know, Richardson at the back end of the first round, or or maybe even on on day two. Um, 
Bijan Robinson doesn't go in the top 16, so there's no running back there. Um, there's, let's see, other positions that you, that there could be a run on that wouldn't really affect the Steelers. I mean, geez, even as I'm trying to make this up in my head, it seems yeah. really hard to have. A, hard. Uh, I mean, so there's a run on corner, and there's a run on on tackle, and there's a run on edge rusher, and and you know, a couple quarterbacks get pushed down the board. There's no Bijan Robinson that's taken, I, but even again, there's there's going to be something there at 17 for the Steelers. Um, even if I'm talking you into uh, quarterbacks dropping down the board. Even if I were to say, ah, it ends up that there's, you know, there's a run on everything but wide receivers. Again, I don't think any of us would necessarily hate that. I don't think we're opining for a wide receiver at 17. I don't think we're cheering for it. But if that's the pick, I also don't think we're going to be heading to the Clemente Bridge to jump. So it's tough. But again, I mean, the scenario for a true nightmare would have to be the top four or five corners are gone, the top four or five offensive tackles are gone, and your top four or five defensive prospects are gone. You know what I mean? Like that, yeah. uh, that's, that's really about all that I can come up with. But for that to happen, again, I, I don't know realistically how that happens because you really can't have more than two quarterbacks that are going to fall, and even that feels like I'm totally stretching that as a possibility. That's just not going to happen. Um, as you alluded to, there's enough defensive players, there's enough offensive linemen that feel like they're going to be picked in the top 12-ish. So yeah, I again, it's tough. I'm kind of doing the politician thing we both are for AJ, but at pick 17, I just don't see it. If the Steelers are picking 20, Chris, again, like last year, different conversation. I could, right. I could maybe see. If they're picking 21, 22, 23, you could see how you get to there and, and there's nothing left. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, even if worst case scenario, it, you know, to go nightmare scenario, you get to pick 32 and the best player on your big board is a tight end. This is a really strong tight end class. I don't even know if that's doomsday. Um, yeah. So it is. It, it's a weird class in the sense of there's not the dynamite nailed like like most of the time by this point. You know, there's there's two or three just can't miss prospects that we know are going to go early. And, and yeah, we have that kind of in Will Anderson Jr. and Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. We know those guys are going to be top five picks, but I just don't see a lot of a fluctuation in this draft amongst that middle class who you're going to have three, four, five of those guys to choose from regardless of who it is. I'm right with you. Let, let's let's continue with your experiment here. Now, Bryce Young, it's, it's been said that he has canceled all the rest of his visits, so it's believed that he is going to be the first overall pick, and then, yeah. you know, the C.J. Stroud could be second overall there. I think, I think that feels like a ve- – I mean, if I'm Vegas right now, that's, that's the odds-on favorite one, two picks for sure. Yeah, uh, and there's been some people who wish C.J. Stroud over Bryce Young, but it's clear it's a one a and one b. Yeah, like that, like that's that's going to happen at the top of the draft. But let's say, like you said, nightmare scenario positions that Steelers do not need, which is quarterback right now. Anthony Richardson, for whatever reason, falls all the way down to 17, as does Will Will Levis. Um, that now opens up two more spots here, and now you're talking about taking away four players of the guys we mentioned before. Now, again, so those players were Quinton Johnson, Miles Murphy, Kalijah Cansey, Brian Branch, Nolan Smith, Darnell Wright, Jordan Addison, um, and Brian Brzee. Those are all the guys I have slated that would make sense for the Steelers right there. Uh, but um, let's take away Miles Murphy because okay. he, he's, he's a top edge rusher. Let's, th- let's take sure. away him there. Let's, sure. say, uh, let's say Quinton Johnson 
is okay. is is off the board. So now we okay. still need two. We we still would need two two more of those guys. Let's. Say I really like Arnell. I really like Quentin Johnson. By the way, I don't understand the people like thinking he's going to fall out of the first round. Hey, uh, crazier he things does, have happened, but I just don't see that. I, I don't his build, his athleticism, his, yeah. his tape. I think all speak for himself. Um, you know, but but uh, again, I don't think he's he's fallen that he's fallen that far. I don't think the Steelers would even have a chance to pick him at seventeen. But um, let's do that, and then let's take. Mm, let's take Brian Branch off the board. So okay. we took we took Darnell Wright, Brian Branch, Miles Murphy, and Quentin Johnson off the board. So now the people that I have highest on my big board, of course, the two quarterbacks, Richardson, Levis, yep, uh, Cansey, Nolan Smith, Jordan Addison, Bijan Robinson. Bijan Robinson is is in there. It's just again they don't need a running yeah, back. Yeah, they're so. not. They're just no chance. Right. So then, but you know, there's still. Yeah, I mean, there's still. So I don't believe yeah. you named Cam Smith, right? Did you did you I, I say Cam Smith or not? Nope, I don't I believe you said Darnell Wright. I don't nope. believe you said oh, no, Darnell Wright. Did Darnell you say Darnell, Darnell Wright? He's okay. one of my extras that get taken if the quarterbacks okay. don't okay. go. Uh, but you still got Nolan Smith in there. You still got some wide receivers in there. You yep. still got Anton Harrison in there. You yep. still got Deontay Banks in there. I mean. Still got Keely Ringo, who I think is a real sneaky possibility for the Steelers to pick 32. Yeah. Uh, again, it wouldn't be the ideal scenario, but I also wouldn't call it a nightmare scenario. Like those are those are some solid options for you there. There's a there's a lot of them. I really I really think so. And AJ, we're not. This isn't to make fun of your question. It's just I really no. Think I like that, I like the question honestly. Yeah, it's a good question because the Steelers have run into nightmare scenarios. I mean, William Jackson the third getting picked right above them. <laughs> it's the one that everybody uh, always thinks about, right? <laughs> right, and then Artie like, Burns. Uh, yeah, then uh, let's take Artie Burns, and we saw how that worked out for them. So all that to be, all that to say, I, I think yeah. the Steelers are. You know what? Yeah. It's not even a like like I think back to 2019, I think it was, right, Chris? 18 or 19 when they took Devin Bush. And it was like it was so obvious that yeah. the Steelers' biggest need by leaps and bounds was an off-ball yeah. linebacker, was a was a field general for the a replacement for Ryan Shazier. Like it was so blatantly obvious. And with that draft class, there were only two of those guys, Devin White and Devin Bush. That was mm-hmm. it, right? And you knew Devin White was gonna go top 10 and and you're sitting there at pick 18 I I think it was and you knew you're gonna have no shot to land you're not even gonna be close to getting either of those guys if you don't make a move like that in a way I would argue is a nightmare scenario because you know one of the two guys that you got to come away with but you're nowhere near so you got to trade up into the top 10 and, and all these different things I just I don't see anything like that from from the roster that they've constructed through free agency here where they've done a good job of, of starting to fill a lot of those gaps and those holes and they don't have a huge glaring need. Yes, they have needs, but yeah. not like it was the huge glaring need of needing to replace Ryan Shazier. Right. Um, that that that's like a, a nightmare scenario that I just think they've done a good job of, of positioning themselves that that's not the case this year. And as we mentioned, the the middle class of this draft I think really helps that too. Because like I said, I, once you get outside of those top eight, nine, ten guys, I really think for the next twenty picks, there's not a huge difference. No, I, I agree. I, I'm I think that again, the, and that's why I keep saying the sweet spots day two, especially early day two. If you can get, I mean, second round I think is a premium on where the picks could be really valuable here if you can amass more picks in that round i think that could that could behoove mm-hmm. the steelers we're gonna we're gonna talk specifically about some cornerback prospects and you know why some people might be rising and falling in a little bit here on the on the locked on steelers podcast don't go anywhere we'll be right back on your pittsburgh steelers
Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We continue with Wes Euler of Steeler Nation Radio. Um, and Wes, uh, you know, the cornerback position is one where we've seen players we, we've seen we've seen a lot of talk about it's a priority for the Steelers they've they've talked to a lot of players and uh you know and players not just first round pedigree but also second round pedigree and there's also been you know I think there's been a lot to say like hey they want to make sure that they find the, the the future corner of this team uh that that's going to learn behind Patrick Peterson so for a long time it was Christian Gonzalez, Devin Witherspoon, and Joey Porter Jr., who for a while just looked like, man, it'd be a miracle if one of those guys could fall to them. But now Deontay Banks has poked his head up into that conversation as being one of the top guys um, that the Steelers could take. Here's a question on, on Deontay Banks from Benjamin out of Phoenix. Hey, Chris. This is Benjamin from Phoenix, Arizona. And I had a question uh, regarding this year's draft. Uh, it's pretty clear that the Steelers really need a cornerback. Um, it's the perfect year to get it with the depth of this draft and with Patrick Peterson being the perfect guy to mentor. My question is, is if the top three tackles are off the board and the top three corners off the board at 17, you think it's not a bad idea, it is in my opinion not a bad idea, to go ahead and get the fourth best corner on the board, whether that's a Deontay Banks or whoever it might be. Maybe it's a tiny bit of a reach. But then you get a guy that you know is going to be a quality guy. You wait till 32, my sense is that probably six of those corners are off the board in the first round. And now you're kind of hoping, you know, maybe it's a 50% chance that the guy hits. Whereas if you just take that corner, get it out of the way at 17, rip the Band-Aid off, and then you can go best player available the rest of the draft without having to be under the pressure of having to get a corner at 32 or 49. Thanks for my call. I love your show. Thank you. Appreciate you very, very much. Listen, um, I, and thanks to everyone who called it again, 412-223-6644. Benjamin, I, I think you bring up an interesting point here. The Steelers taking on another cornerback, taking a cornerback, even if the top three are gone at 17. It, it is a, I, I think there is a, there's a good chance there. The Steelers do that. If all the other, if all over things fall there, um, this thing, the thing is the Steelers have brought in, a lot of cornerbacks when, when I look at my list. Now, for those who don't remember, I did a ranking with Alan Saunders. We went over our top 10 cornerbacks, and I actually had ranking above Deontay Banks, Emmanuel Forbes, and Julius Prince. I just think that for the Steelers, I think both of those guys would fit better. I think Banks is a physical specimen. He's fast. He has he has a lot of the tools that, that you want to develop, but I think those two guys I think would fit along more with what the Steelers are trying to do. Manuel Forms more of a ball hawk. Brents, I think, is more technically sound than Banks, and I think that he would plug in really quickly uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but Wes, what do you think about taking a corner in the first round, even if the top three are gone? Because uh, the other thing I think that's been kind of the the talk is that it's okay to pass on corner if your guy isn't there because you could get your guy at at 32, at 49, and maybe even at 80. Yeah, so that's, you know what, that is, it's a couple, a pair or a trio, I should say, of good questions today from the listeners. Yeah. That's an intriguing one that I hadn't really thought about. I uh, Listen, I mean, we just mentioned it a, a moment ago. We, we've all got some kind of PTSD, I think, still from, from reaching for, for Artie Burns and sure. some of the other decisions they've made. Now, I do think the Steelers deserve credit because they have had a lot of misses in the secondary, but they've also had... Um, you know, guys like Cam Sutton, who they drafted in, in later rounds and developed and, and turned out to be a nice player. Willie Gay, right? Not saying that these guys were future uh, Hall of Famers or anything like that. They were good quality NFL players. Um, but they need, yes, it's been a long time, right, since the Steelers have 
drafted and developed a number one corner who wore the uniform for a decade. Ike Taylor, right. probably the last one, right, Chris? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Joe, Joe Hayden was that, but they didn't draft and develop him. Um, no. Minka Fitzpatrick is 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 going to be that. different, Not a corner, defensive back, though, but they, they didn't draft they him. They traded for him, yeah. They traded for him. Um, you know, Patrick Peterson, we're all excited for, but that's another free agent addition, and obviously we know he's a little bit longer in the tooth. He's, he's not going to be around long term. I mean, Cam Sutton probably would be the closest. You know, Cam Sutton would probably would, would would be the closest. Yes, that we've seen here since since Ike Taylor. So, I don't hate the idea of taking a corner at seventeen if you think he's the guy and it's not that. But hey, maybe we've got him twenty first on our big board, right? But that's not a huge reach to. We think that we're taking the twenty first best guy at pick seventeen. That's fair. That's that's not a big reach. But I like the, I. I I do like the idea of waiting for 32 as well if there's not one of those top guys there because from Cam Smith, from Deontay Banks, uh, Keely Ringo, who we were talking yeah. about, uh, Forbes and Brents, who, who who you just mentioned, like I think at pick 32, one or two of those guys is still going to be there. Uh, AJ's right. Three, four of them might be there. AJ's right. There's always the run on corners, but let's say even if even if there is six gone in in the in the first uh in the first round of the draft at pick 32 you're still going to have an option of two or three of those guys even if there's yeah. even if there's six that go uh in the in the first round so i do think and like i just said a few minutes ago the steelers have done a great job omar khan andy weidel everyone involved of not having massive huge gaping needs heading into this draft but it does kind of feel like one of those first two picks you got to walk away with a corner, right? 17 or 32. That does kind of feel like um, an, an onus on that when, when you've lost what you've lost. And, yes, you brought in Patrick Peterson. But, again, you can't expect him to be around for, 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 long, for the long haul here. So <sighs> I, there's a couple guys I wouldn't hate at 17. I wouldn't hate Cam Smith or Deontay Banks at 17. I like your idea of Emmanuel Forbes as well too, but – I think in that case, I think I would just be patient. You're going to have options at pick 32 on day two. Hey, maybe there's even a lot of people blowing up your phone. That type of thing is like, like yeah. that's going to be an intriguing, whether you're targeting a defensive back there, whether you're thinking about trading, or I, I always think it's a possibility too, Chris, maybe at the end of the first round as well. Um, whether there's some movement there, maybe you package 32 and 49 and you move up into the late 20s, something like that, and you take one of these guys there as well too a lot on the board I don't think we should discount any of it because it's a new regime one that seems yeah. to be a little more aggressive uh, than we've seen and so all bets are kind of on the table but I don't hate the idea AJ's question of pick 17 taking a corner as long as on their big board it's not a massive reach it's not someone who they have ranked 32nd that they're going to take at 17 just because they feel they have to Right, yeah, I think that's the that's the whole thing. Do do not reach. Keep your value and, and keep and keep the phone lines open because, like you know, we explored uh, with yesterday's podcast. We had a mock draft Monday, and as we've talked about with our locked on Giants host uh, uh, Patricia, uh, you know, the there's still a chance that teams are going to want to trade up for 17. The Giants are a team that might have the most want to trade up to 17, maybe for Deontay Banks. And if you can get a second, an extra second round pick, and still get a cornerback that you think is worth around the same amount of value, by all means, do that. Get your extra second round pick. You'd have three second rounders and a third rounder to play around with, and then you can be aggressive and get even more of those needs that mm-hmm. we're talking about. Because, again, I, I don't think Deontay Banks – I don't think there's such a, st- a starch, a, st- a steep fall from Deontay Banks to the Kelly Ringos, to the Julius Brents, um, to the uh, Manuel Forbes's, to the uh, Cam Smiths. I think that they're a lot closer – 
then uh, then would require you know a reach of a pick if the Steelers deem it. Because here's the other thing: it don't matter what my big board says; it matters what right? their big board says. A hundred percent, and 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 there are surprises on that big board. Um, yeah. You know, there's maybe. Everyone is talking about Keely Ringo. I don't know why I keep coming back to him, but everyone's talking He's about him as, as, yeah. as being maybe 30th-ish, 30 to 35 on their big board, but the Steelers have him at 23, you know? Um, it could be a situation where you mentioned one of these guys, Brents or Forbes, where the Steelers have them higher than people think. It could Again, I, I said earlier in the show, in the episode, right? It could be a, a, a Lucas Van Ness or a Nolan Smith that they have rated as a top 10 player, and if he's there at 17, they're going to take him. Like That big board is everything, and that is the great unknown, and the Steelers really do put a lot of stock into that. We've talked about the stories as well, too. They had no intentions of taking Cam Hayward, but they had him as like 17th, 18th on their big board, and he was there at pick 31. They, they couldn't say no. Um, I don't think they thought they were going to get David DeCastro. They had him as like 10th or 11th on their big board, I believe. He rolls around. You know, there's no way you could say no. There can always be those things that happen as well, too. So we'll see how this all plays out, but... I, I think defensive back is a is a is a big priority, especially when you see oh, how we, they've yeah, we know it is. Yeah. When, when you see how they've attacked the trenches during free agency on offense and on defense. They did that without you know, that doesn't take those off the board as options at seventeen and thirty two, but I, I still think that they would they would like to add some youth to that secondary to go with the experience of a guy like Patrick Peterson. I hear that. We got a lot more analysis coming on on the way this week. Uh, we're gonna have both Jenna Harner and Brooke Pryor coming on, so uh, oh, yeah. there's a lot. To, there's a lot to look forward to as far as our breaking down things here on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Wes, thanks so much for joining us as always. Uh, uh, let people know they can find you, follow you, and get more of your work. Yes, Steelers Nation Radio will be gearing up, obviously. All kinds of draft preview stuff going on here. You guys know I host the Steelers Blitz with Arthur Motes, um, and we will be live. Thursday and Friday of the draft um, from like 6 to 11 o'clock, something like that, all day Saturday. It's We do, you know, we do six, seven hours of radio every day around the draft if you're looking for some kind of, you know, some live content. Um, and then as Chris is always kind enough to, to let me plug, if you're a tortured mountaineer soul like me, ears and beers in the gun, those are the, uh, the WVU podcasts that I do as well. Absolutely, Jick. Check him out. He's Wes Euler of Steeler Nation Radio and all the things that he does at Wesley Euler. Follow him to get all of his great stuff. I'm Chris Carter, host of the Locked On Steelers podcast. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Read my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette where I cover thing, all things Pitt Athletics. Uh, you can find that at post-gazette.com. And of course, follow the, this, the Locked On Steelers podcast on your favorite podcasting app and especially on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed. Subscribe to this channel to get all of our daily episodes and our bonus content. Thanks again. Back tomorrow with more here on your Pittsburgh Steelers right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast.